0: It's your boy, BC, the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with the Brian Campbell back at it, back with a bang. It has been a long time since we have connected and since this man right here has attempted to invade your ear holes with that one and only performance-enhancing audio. But the rumors of my demise have been... eh, Nice. Really, they've been right on. I almost lost it there, folks. Pneumonia taking over over the past week, had a bout with the flu before that during Christmas. It's been one heck of a holiday season, but I'm on the mend. I'm on the comeback trail as we speak, so I wanted to jump in today. little bit of bonus action for you. Sport of boxing, coming back at it. Nothing to worry about, necessarily. We're still going to hit you up later this week with the official boxing episode as Rafe Bartholomew drops by. We look ahead to 2020, we answer some questions, we make some predictions, and we really preview uh, this first weekend coming up with Clarissa Shields on Showtime, with Jaime Munguia moving up to middleweight on zone. We got an ESPN card that's certainly worth watching. We're going to get into all that this week. But right now, This is a little palate cleanser, a little appetizer, if you will, in the space of box as we have interviews today with three division champion Mikey Garcia and his opponent in this February 29th. I guess you can call it a comeback bout, but there's certainly a lot at stake at welterweight when Mikey Garcia faces Jesse Vargas, the first And could be only, it's going to be dependent on what he does here after signing a one-fight deal with the zone. It's going to go down, of course, in Texas, Dallas Cowboys practice facility, and could be a big deal in terms of future plans with the winner. Both of the fighters in this bout wanting Manny Pacquiao, wanting big-time business to come in the future. We got Mikey, we got Jesse Vargas. We're going to talk about all that today. Uh, yeah, but your boy BC had been fighting, folks, and, um, let's not fool around, all right? Here's the real deal, Holyfield. I'm one of them folks, you know, I get sick, I get stubborn, I'm not gonna go to the doctors, I don't need your flu test. By the way, it's 2019, no, it's 2020, welcome to the new year, and we still don't have a medical fix around them taking a swab, sticking it up your nose, and scraping your brain stem to figure out if you have the flu. Like, we're at a point of technology where I feel like they can just put, like, a an Apple watch in front of your face, and it can tell you them instantly what you have in terms of symptoms. Yet, no, we're going to have to scrape your brain for, for debris and then test that. So I'm not the kind of guy that goes to the doctor. I've, until this past week, had never been to the ER, had never been admitted to the hospital. I'd never worn a hospital uh. Gown? Gurney? What the heck do they call that thing? You know that thing, the assless chaps that they make you wear and take your clothes off? I've never done that, Ish. That's not your boy, BC. I avoid needles. I avoid healthcare, all right? I'm one of them. But even I need to change my ways after this scary bout with pneumonia. I had it about four years ago. Uh, This one was worse, and uh, if you hadn't had it before, it's not something to mess with. It wipes you out for five, six, seven days You're weak for another two weeks after that, but uh, even more scary is uh, is the shortness of breath that came with it. I ended up being hospitalized for a day. They thought it might be more, and I just want to put that sort of personal information out there to say, don't be like me. If you're sick this this forget this holiday season, this winter, this anytime, get seen, get looked at, get the medicine you need, get the rest you need. Even more important. Uh, there's some nasty things going around these days, too, in terms of illnesses. So let's be super careful. Let's get that done, because BC's got to be in your ear hole, right? i got to be giving you that performance-enhancing um, audio, analysis, all that good stuff. Excuse me as I belched right there. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not ready to leave this earth. So uh, all jokes aside, I- I'm on the comeback trail, Still, still pretty weak. Still need, still working in the naps, but uh, the shortness of breath has gone away. Still got some big tests, got, got got some heart exams coming up, but uh, hopefully all is well in the in the house of BC in this in this temple, this being this body, this wash being. Maybe I should give up gas station food in 2020. You know, it's probably a good start right there. Maybe Rafe bugs can give up some other things that can get him back on the health track as well you'll be hearing from him of course later this week the soda to me is like liquid crack you're not wrong behop uh it don't do anything for the body nope it's junk and it's part of the obese problem that we have in the country today thank you which is <laughs> thank you thank you bernard um so, yeah, this uh, this bout with uh, with Hellscare, it it had me on the ropes, all right? I didn't tap, all right? I didn't give the kodo knee, all right? I finished the fight. But it was close. It had me doing different things. Fast food? I mean, yeah. it does not make a fast food. Yeah, exactly that's what I mean, made, that's what I'm saying. He I made, mean, go in there. <laughs> Listen. Flip cheese. Hey, he made him go. go. He made him do something. Yeah, flip cheeseburgers. It, it gave me that equivalent. But uh BC's back. You're gonna hear from Mikey and Jesse Vargas today. Happy New Year, like I mentioned to all the great listeners of the SOC. Yeah, five star review season still upon us. All right, what is it? Night 24 of Hanukkah. Let's spread it forward, okay? Five star review, Apple Podcasts, if you enjoy this show. And it's not just the box episode. Reminder, of course. You can get your MMA fix, your pro wrestling fix, great interviews, all that stuff. It is the State of Combat Podcast. So please support us. Spread the word on social media. Uh yeah. That, that's the deal right there, folks. Uh it's was a great year for the SOC box pod. If you hadn't checked out our most recent episode, it was award season, Rafe Boogs and I handing out the hardware, looking back on the year that was, debating fighter of the year, all that good stuff. <clears throat> but the biggest debate came down to listener of the year. A uh, a lot of people think uh I got the score wrong, if you will. Boxing is full of shit, man. That well, that's a- assuming. It- so our podcast awards apparently, but um it was at quality blokes sliding in them DMs, sneaking in there to pick off the award for listener of the year to end the Godinez era, <clears throat> if you will. I mean, eighty k can't be wrong, right? Well, did I get the score wrong this year? A lot of people, right? Evan Rukowski of the Ficionados podcast speaking out on Twitter. A lot of people coming out and saying, ABC, hey, that's a controversial figure that you gave the award to. You put your name on the line. Who puts their balls on the line? You did for Quality Bloke. And then what did he do? He got banned from Twitter like a second later. Quality bloke's a wild dude, right? Right? I'm not saying this is like me befriending Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein here, right? I'm not getting handsy. I'm not sitting next to Kovalev on an airplane. But I support the quality bloke because he supports this show. He supports this movement. He will watch your load if you're willing, if you need to. I don't know what that means. Lip to the cup. All right. Um... But you know I love me some Alex Godinez. If you haven't checked out the cameo, the cameo from the great VO from Victor Ortiz. Dude, this is nuts. Uh, Your boy BC hooked up a little cameo action from Victor Ortiz just to send well wishes to Sacramento to Alex Godinez. Look, you finished number two this year. You're You're still number one in my heart, all right? We love you, Alex Godinez, but 2019 belonged to quality bloke and we're gonna have to see where 2020 goes will he end up in prison will he get back on twitter i know he's got a burner account at the moment is he gonna keep moving product at the high-rise towers oh wait did i just crossed over into the wire there uh omar's coming right Quality bloke's coming he's <laughs> he's coming right all right so i hope he doesn't shoot his load um all right but uh it was controversy people have spoken up but uh There's a lot of pressure now for Sacramento's own Alex Godinez to make a big move. But some would say, and those some would be Rafe Boogs and I who received the email yesterday, that there's another player in town. In fact, has this man already secured 2020 listener there? No, no, no. It's too early. That's too harsh. Nobody should finish here. But you've heard us mention on this show more than once or twice about a listener that we love he's from Denmark his name is Ulrich Anderson he's a journalist by trade he's interviewed me before longtime listener of this show going back to the ropes days and Ulrich made a splash in 2019 when he sent us the story in the picture about him running into Darren Barker at an event I think it was a fight or maybe it was an event I'm not sure and basically telling Darren Barker you had no business getting up from that body shot against Wash Giel. They had a moment. They took a picture. Well, Ulrich's taking this ish to the next level in terms of his love for the box, his love for this pod. Uh, he sent me an email that basically said, BC and Rafe, after the disappointment of not even being in contention for SOC Listener of the Year. Well, you were, bro. Maybe I mean, Arguably, you're probably finished in the top three if we did that right. He said 2020 started with a bang. Long story short, I'll paraphrase here. Ulrich went to the Danish Sports Hall of Fame festivities uh, in which Mikkel Kessler, the great super middleweight, was uh, inducted into that Hall of Fame. I'm not sure if any of you caught the videos and pictures that came out of this, but nobody, nobody loves them some man-on-man love of... (laughs) of of the relationship between Joe Calzaghe and Nickel Kessler than I do. And they had Joe Calzaghe covered in a box. They thought they were, they they faked like they were going to present Kessler with a bust of himself, which they ended up doing in the end for entering the Hall of Fame. But they pulled the, the cloth off of it, and Calzaghe's right there, and they it out, they manned out. But Ulrich Anderson was at this event, and who does he run into? Darren freaking Barker. All right. So here's what Ulrich said. So, of course, I once again told him that he had no business getting up from that body shot and he's starting to like it. He says, check out his Instagram story from last night right now. Such a quality bloke. End quote. I think there was a little double entendre in his usage of quality bloke there. But I went on Darren Barker's live IG account and he Darren Barker posted a picture of him and Ulrich with with Ulrich's handle. In the picture, that's a moment. That's a moment right there. So shout out at U L Anderson, and that's S E N Anderson on Instagram. Big moment for Ulrich right there. Uh, he's making moves. He's making moves in terms of twenty twenty already. A top uh, bloke, a quality operator, all those things. Uh, is he the Mike Coppinger of Europe? No, 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 no. Don't put that on him. But uh, he's a great, he's a great dude. Enjoy his participation. And, uh, and what he brings to this show. So, BC rambling a little here to start off the new year. I'm just excited to be back. Happy to be alive again. Um, <clears throat> There's a lot of sleeping that goes on when you're wiped out with pneumonia. A lot of laying around, a lot of pain, a lot of catching up on things. I watched both seasons of Ozark on Netflix, so shout out to that right there. By the way, season one, way better. I don't know if these people are talking about season two. I mean, season two was like a car wreck of... Uh, It was like a movie sequel where it's like, you know, we don't really have a story here, so let's just make moments every five minutes somebody's going to die. It was fun, but one really had my heart. I'm excited to see, though, where they go season three, the casino, all that stuff. Um, That ain't box, though. So here's what we're going to do. Take a pause for the cause. Come right back around the corner with some box interviews to come with Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas. A little more box talk in between and all that's going to happen after a word from our friends and sponsors. Yeah. Dig it. And we're back, BC recovering from pneumonia, back on the scene with this boxing bonus podcast. Mikey Garcia, Jesse Vargas right around the corner. This is an interesting fight, folks, okay? Right when it was announced, there was some of that like, oh, really? Well, okay, well, well, well." but here's the deal. Mikey Garcia has not established himself at welterweight. He had one fight against Errol Spence, lost basically every second of that fight. See strap season, right? Indeed. Then he took like a year off almost. Now he's going to make that comeback. He's not going back down to 35 or 40 at the moment. He's going to stay a welterweight. And Jesse Vargas is, is no one's stay busy fight. This is not an easy out. This is a guy who has transformed, which I'll talk to him about later, from sort of a safe boxer from the outside to a guy who goes after it, a guy, a brawler. I mean, watch the Adrian Broner draw. You'll see it happen. Watch the Thomas Delorme fight. This guy brings action And he also was on the way up. He had pretty much decided he was moving up to 154 pounds. If you remember, look, uh, Jesse Vargas was really the only big hire acquisition DAZN and Eddie Hearn was able to get in the beginning when Eddie Hearn came out and said, look, I'm going to throw money at Broner. I'm going to go after Spence. I'm going to go after Thurman, all this stuff. He only got Jesse Vargas. Jesse Vargas quickly realized he was on a 147 island with DAZN. And there was nobody to fight, so he moved up to 54. He was ready to go after Jaime Munguia for a belt. We know what happened next. is going to come back this week in a a, a middleweight bout. Munguia moved up in weight. So here's Vargas moving back down. This is an interesting matchup. He'll be the bigger fighter against Mikey Garcia. He's going to bring the fight to him. He's going to make Mikey have to fight at welterweight. Does Mikey's power mean anything at 47? It certainly didn't against Spence, although (coughs) Spence was so clinical and surgical in his control of distance that we really almost never found that out to be true or not. (coughs) We're going to find a lot of answers in this fight, so I can't wait for it. You hear my voice breaking down. It's almost time for me to finish, but (coughs) wow. 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 If I die on the air, please, Rafe, take over for me. All right. Take it. Take it from me. All right. Guy Ritchie, no business getting up from that body shot to make that movie. <coughs> wow. Maybe Guy can replace me on this pod. All right. <sighs> hey, you know what? I'm in the middle of reading right now. It is um on the chin from our good buddy Alex McClintock of Down Under fame, living in Toronto these days. Uh, we had him on to preview that book. It's about his journey in amateur boxing and life and all that it's a fun little read there been catching up on that while I've been out so check that out on the chin uh you can go online wherever books are figured out or sold or whatever also teddy atlas by the way i don't know if a lot of you listen to his podcast it's it's pretty good it's a lot i mean it's a lot of teddy right you're getting you're getting full teddy you're getting all teddy all the time wow yeah it is hot it is pretty hot wow it is good yeah, that's pretty good going back you're excited huh? yeah, yeah. I get excited easy, though. Um, I do want to say, though, that Teddy has uh, voiced an audio version of his great book. His book came out five, six, seven years ago. It's one of the best boxing reads I ever had. Now, look, you got to be a Teddy guy, and I am. But it's so raw and real and honest. I've put it over in the past. I've talked it up. It's called Atlas From the Streets to the Ring, A Son's Struggle to Become a Man. And apparently Teddy, in voicing this book for the first time, doing the audio version, has added a bunch of new stuff in it. So I think that's worth a check out there. If you're a big Box fan like myself, one day hopefully Rafe Bugs will write a book about Box... Who knows? He's very basketball heavy, very, very fathers and sons heavy. Of course, McCriegel, My Father and Me, McSorley's Great Book. Check that out. Two and two. Also, uh, Pacific Rim's Rafe's Love Affair with Filipino Basketball. Great read as well, man. Love that guy. Right. Best friend in box. Okay. Rafe books all the way there. All right. um, uh, Gervonta came back. We haven't really talked about that. Showtime comeback in Atlanta proving to be a ticket seller uneven against Yuri Orkoskampo, right? The power one out in the end, three knockdowns, gets the late finish. But that's not prime Gervonta, unfortunately. And it really brings up some fears because we thought he'd already gotten over this hurdle against in that Maymac co-main where he came in overweight, didn't look great. And you're like, okay, he has to mature from that. Well, he's 25 now. He's a father. He's all these things. And this was a weird step back to move up in weight, 135 and then miss weight the first time and need a second time to strip down and get in there. And then let Gamboa hang around. And yes, I am a day one-ish Gamboa supporter, uh, respecter of his craft, the fact that he's this Cuban, you know, wizard, like a lot of these amateur guys who turn pro and have those that skill set, but he's not an Arislandi Lara or a Rigondeau. He goes after it. He's got the balls to go after it. Revisit his collaboration with Terrence Crawford. And he fought... Like, like surviving this fight was surviving life, and I give Gambo a lot of credit in the fact that he hurt his right foot in the second round when he ended up tearing something, forgot the exact medical diagnosis. I mean, he showed tremendous heart and a chin to hang in there, but look, Javante Davis should have been in shape, and he should have taken care of him at the midway point of that fight at least to knock him out. This is a wake-up call. I really think it is, and I hope Javante gets the wake-up call because, look, he's a real brand. Uh, he's touring the South and he's selling out arenas and, you know, he's a good cable draw and he's ready to try to make that leap to the pay-per-view level. And he's one of those rare boxers today who has a solid, legitimate crossover fan base of people through the work that he's done on social media and Floyd endorsing him and all that. But uh, to make that work, to really become and fulfill his potential Obviously, he needs critical wins, so the matchmaking is important, but he's also got to be lights out every fight. Like, there's no excuses. He's got to go out there and look fantastic. So, hopefully, he hunkers down, gives you the training camps that are worthy. I don't know if he took Gamboa lightly. I don't know if it was the holiday season. He's like, yeah, whatever, I'll knock him out. But if this was a different fighter across from than 38-year-old Gamboa, that would have been a different night. And look, I want... Tank Davis to get there, meaning what does there mean? Meaning fulfill his potential, become a pay-per-view star like him and Leonard Ellerbe are talking about. And to do that, you got to fight the best, you got to beat the best, and this is such a fun era in and around the lightweight division when you consider the Devin Haney's, Teofimo Lopez's of the world, Vasily Lomachenko, Ryan Garcia, Rye guy, 2019 State of Combat Father of the Year, Ryan Garcia calling out Gervonta left and right. Well, most recently... You got Leonard Ellerbe saying on Twitter, look, we're ready right now for Tank to go to the pay-per-view level. Uh, It feels early, obviously. I don't want to see more pay-per-views in boxing. I want to see less. But at the same time, if you feel his star power is ready, you take that gamble, and it seems like they're talking about Leo Santa Cruz as that potential dance partner. And look, that's perfect. Like, you'd have to do it at 130, because if Leo came up to lightweight, and let's, let's be honest, Leo just moved up to 130. So if you did it at 135, <clears throat> that size difference and power difference would be massive. And not height size difference, but just thickness. I think you, you you need to do it at 130. It seems like Tank can still cut down, and this is a big enough fight that would demand it, and it would make a ton of sense. And I know that Leo doesn't have the punching power to test Javante in ways that we want to see him tested. But this is certainly a guy who can outwork him can win a decision against him, and is elite craft. Like, Leo's a top 15 at worst pound-for-pound guy. I mean, he's right there. He's got the craft. He's good. Even if this would come at a weight that's a little bit over his head, he's long, he's tall, he's experienced. This is a fun fight. This is a test. I mean, it's not Tank's fault, mind you, that he never got that complete test against Abner Morris that we thought he would have and, and and deserved and needed back In February of 2019, when Morris pulled out late, and then, of course, Tank had to blow away that replacement at the last minute. Was it Ruiz? Hugo Ruiz, was it? Uh, But this is a test that he needs, so I'd love to see if he fights Leo and Abner in 2020. Ryan Garcia wants in there, like I said, in 2020. I mean, I still need to see how that would work, who would go to whose network. Until the male and female parts connect, like I always talk about. I know that's awkward, but I don't know if we can make these zone crossover. I, I know Jose Ramirez just went over there and fought Mo Hooker. Different story, though, right? Different story in terms of the the value of of what they bring to their respective brand. You know, Jose Ramirez is a great young fighter, and <clears throat> but he's not a a marketing cornerstone, a commercial you know tent pole for Top Rank. He's he's one of their guys, but he's not that. So obviously, it's a little bit different here. But uh, I want to see Tank do big things. And I obviously want to see Spence Crawford like everybody else. I've enjoyed the Twitter banter. I've enjoyed Bud lately just going ham on anyone. I don't know if you've been watching that. By the way, Errol and Bud's sister having a little spat back and forth. That was fun. But Bud in general just straight up going after it on Twitter has been fun. But we need Bud in a massive fight. And by the way, this is how you do it. Call people out. Look, I don't necessarily love that he's saying – you know you you guys need to come to me and all that stuff i've i've done those rants before but fury wilder 2 in february is a big deal from the standpoint of two networks coming together to make a big pay-per-view if they do that and it's massively successful and you're promoting that big fight across fox's nfl coverage ahead of the super bowl and on sports center all the time aggressively hopefully that's the wake up call that we can do the same thing at welterweight and we should do the same thing at walterweight uh of course we all want spence crawford because it seems pretty obvious to us that those are the two best welterweights in the world and two potential all-timers there and by the way bud being like yo i will knock your ass out and prove you to be a fraud those kind of words are are firing me up just like anyone else okay all right believe me on that but even if it if it was a bait and switch and there was more of a testing ground first from the pbc side to say okay we're not going to give you Spence yet, bud, but we'll give you Sean Porter or Keith Thurman or Danny Garcia or whatever or Manny Pacquiao or whatever. And we'll still do this network network thing. Look, that's a win for boxing fans. It's a win for everyone. Bud needs us. Bud needs us. So finally, I love hearing Bud talk, run his mouth. Guys, that's the currency in, in combat sports. Trash talk. It is. It is. All right. That's how it works. So that's what's going on right there. All right. 'Cause if not, politics and boxing are insanely frustrating.
2: Boy, it's frustrating. It really is frustrating.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Teddy. All right? Yes. Okay. Alright. Uh wow, we haven't played any Dwyer in the show. Let's keep on that theme. Uh, we're gonna close this show with a pair of interviews. Look, Mikey Garcia is a very introspective dude. It's an interest it's always interesting talking to him because he's fought so hard to get the sort of free agent status that he has now where he can go to different promoters or networks for one or two fights at a time and really control his own way. He signs this one fight deal with options with the zone. There's obviously the hope of giant things of like a Manny Pacquiao, but even if it ends up being a, you know, Josh Taylor or Regis Progray or whomever, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that Mikey Garcia can do. And I love his constant want to match himself. Huge. I still love that he had the balls to go after Spence you know, in the, in the setting and timing that he did. And I love that he's still talking a big game coming back after what was not a great performance. But this guy goes after it. If you're going to hand out awards, you always have to remember Mikey Garcia. Got to give Mikey the Ball Sack of the Year award for taking that fight because they got to be this big to jump out two-way classes. Balls of the Year, Mikey Garcia, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm down with that, right? The guy has balls. I don't know if he fights like a tough, tough gang member, but he's certainly confident right there. Where's T Street? Where's my man Terrell Van? Inside that big scrotum, scrotum is huge, huge testicles. He's got real big balls. Real, yeah, real big balls. It's true. And- it's his testicles, it's true, right? All right. Prepare your hose for battle. Okay. um, We're going to hear from Mikey. Right after that, we're going to hear from Jesse Vargas want you to get fired up for this fight February 29th on the zone it's a good one it really is a sneaky good one there I'm excited to check it out that's it we'll be back later this week of course Rafael Boogs and your boy BC with a proper boxing episode looking ahead to 2020 reacting to all the news and controversies all right that's it that's all I got for you it's Mikey Garcia it's Jesse Vargas coming right up right now enjoy (laughs) Mikey, Mikey Garcia is in the house, and he's back with a bang Saturday, February 29th to Zone. Mikey, this news caught me off guard completely. A real interesting fight with Jesse Vargas. Congratulations. Take me through this decision-making.
2: Oh, thank you, man. Look, um, you know, I wanted to uh, get a, a fight for my return, but I wanted to make, uh, get a fight that makes sense, that can get the, the people excited. Um, there was a few other names that were brought up to my attention but I quickly you know tossed them out because they're just not names that that I, uh, I I wanted to entertain you know guys that people will definitely not like so we looked at other names and Jesse Vargas came up and being that he is a, a two division world champion and you know one of the best you know to to get in the ring his only two defeats came to Manny Pacquiao and, and Timothy Bradley so That tells you the kind of fighter that that Jesse really is. And he's looking for bigger fights as well. So I know he's going to be hungry. I know he's going to be motivated. And that's going to bring out the best out of me. And and that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited to put on the biggest fights, add to my legacy. And February 29th will will just be uh, the start of, of this next chapter.
0: Well, Mikey, this news intrigues me because you're such a shrewd businessman. You don't rush into anything. You take your time. You hear out all the offers, and you've been such a hot free agent fight to fight since you came back from that long layoff. So what was it about Eddie Hearn, Matchroom Sport, and DAZN that led you to that side of the street for this opportunity?
2: Well, like you said, we we, um, looked at all the options, but uh, this time it made sense, you know. I needed a, a return fight, and uh, we both uh, came to a good agreement that makes both of us happy. You know, uh, Matchroom, Eddie Hearn, and uh, and uh, DAZN, you know, were really excited to work with me, but I needed to make sure that it was the right time and that the right fights were available, that the the, the, the venues, everything was was going to be handled in a way that allows me to still you know, have a big say in in, in the decisions. And, and it made sense, you know, we finally came to an agreement. It made sense. I'm very happy with the decision. I'm very happy with, with, with uh, our agreement. And, you know, I I can't say, say anything else other than, you know, I'm just so happy you know to be back and February 29th will be the start of, of, of a great 2020.
0: Now Mikey, does this align you with the zone moving forward? Or are you still on a fight by fight basis? Like if a, Giant opportunity comes up after this on the PBC side. Can you can you make that leap back? Where do you stand?
2: Well, we we have uh, a lot of flexibility still, you know, and it is a, a one off fight. It's a one fight deal, but uh, it leaves options available to explore, you know, further further business together. Um, to to really look and see if whatever is is available after is 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 worth it, you know, and I think it will be. I just got to make sure that we structured it well. It's a one-fight deal. It's more of a partnership than anything. It's, it's a co-promotion that I'm, I'm hosting together. And I'm just, like I said, I'm very happy with the way things were structured. I think we're both happy to work
0: together. And it could be the start of a long-lasting relationship. How close were you to coming back? We haven't seen you since that Errol Spence fight. Was there any offers that you came close to grabbing in the meantime? Because I remember there was a time we thought you were going in the direction of Danny Garcia last summer.
2: Yes, well, there there were other names, you know, there were other names, but um, nothing ever came to fruition. You know, other fighters also have their their agendas and their their road that they want to follow. And I mean, if we happen to cross roads and cross paths like that, then yes, definitely we'll get it on with a Danny or with a Manny or anybody. But for the moment, you know, I also have to look at where I want to take my career, and this fight against Jesse Vargas. Uh, aligned with matchroom boxing and and with the zone, made the most sense for me.
0: Now, this fight's going to be at the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco, Texas. That's Dallas Cowboys territory. You're a popular Mexican-American fighter who's fresh off a pay-per-view. Jesse Vargas is a name people know. And if you've watched his recent fights, Mikey, he's all action. He gets after it. Was picking him part of that sort of scenario in terms of just in knowing you can grab a big fan base here in the Dallas area and entertain them?
2: Look, the, the main uh, reason why we landed on Jesse is not for not only like the marketability or the, the selling point. It was more like, how can I test myself and how can I prove to everybody that there's a lot more to Mikey Garcia than what they last saw out of me? and I think Jesse does that. Like I said, you know, former two-division world champion, you know, always here to fight, always here to win, will make for a great matchup against me. Stylistically, I think it's great. It could be a a 12-round war, you know, and and I think that's what the fans are going to be excited for the most, not anything else other than than a great matchup.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of potential for action, a lot of potential for some chess, knowing your ability as a boxer in there, but... uh you're going to be back at 147, and and you're in such a interesting spot, Mikey, where you can go to 35 tomorrow, 40 and be in big time title fights. What sent you back to this direction to stay at welterweight and in campaign moving forward?
2: Look, um, I mean,
0: I, I love the fact that I have all these options, right? First,
2: you know, that I have, uh, relationships with, with multiple people that I can work with. Now, if I was Jesse, uh, will continue to uh grow my my legacy in, in search of bigger fights. So if everything goes well on February 29th, then I will look at all the other options available, whether that may be at 140 in search of fights there at 140, or even uh, 147 if I decide to stay at seven for the right fights, you know, and, and with the right people. I mean, we can now maybe, you know, Get people to cross over and jump over and get these fights going on a fight by fight basis, just like, like I'm doing right now. I mean, I don't have to be committed to long term to either, either side. Um, I think if more fighters do this, then we'll get to see more attractive fights, uh, fights that the fans are, are, are excited for, fights that the fans want to see. Um, can finally get done. And so I might be the first, I might be like a front runner for for, for that, this new movement. So I'm just excited that I can, I can be part of this whole new, new movement that, that can possibly bring on the best fights in the sport of boxing.
0: That's really interesting. You're essentially creating a scenario in which the power goes back to the fighter and It'll avoid these type of things that always happen. Well, this promoter doesn't talk to this promoter. This now I mean, look, we're talking about Terrence Crawford coming off a big win, but who the heck is that guy gonna face next? I thought maybe you. Like, you know, it's it's just the way these things work. You never know if we're gonna see these matchups. Why have you been able to do this? Stay so consistent on a one or two fight per basis and keep yourself out there as a as a constant free agent where everyone else seems to be signing those much longer deals.
2: Well, I, I'm I mean I'm I'm excited and I'm uh, fortunate to be in a position that I am, but um I also value the freedom and even though there's no immediate monetary value or price tag on freedom, but there is a great value that I that I that I uh, view in, in my freedom where I can look at options, I can look at opponents, I can look at different weight class. I can look at, you know, who's available under what network or or under what promotional company and that gives me the the freedom to explore and pursue fights that i want not just you know the fights that are presented by one promoter or one particular network um you know there's 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 value in that and other fighters i mean take a a deal with the promoter or, or network for multiple fights and that's fine i'm not saying that's wrong it might be the best thing that they can do for their careers. But in this case, for my career, I, I choose to stay free, keep doing these one-off fights. Um, it just makes sense. I mean, if I did a multiple fight, I think I can probably get more money. But it's not always about the money. I also want to give my fans great fights to remember me by. I want to add to my legacy because in, in the end, that's going to be the most valuable uh, out of my career.
0: I really respect that. Just the same as I respected you taking that chance against Errol Spence. Now I talked about, you can go anywhere in three divisions. Do you still want to keep the doors open to lightweight or, or, or is that something that you're closing at this time? Um,
2: I mean, right now my main focus is, is either at 140,
0: one
2: Um I mean, if I, if I come down to 40 and I feel comfortable, and feel that I can maybe make a push to come down thirty five, then maybe at that point I'll look into it a little closely. But right now my only my only uh uh focus is on, on one forty and, and one forty seven for the immediate, you know, fight. We'll see what happens after this fight. I might come down to one forty seven uh, I mean, I'm sorry, to one forty and just continue campaigning at forty. But if the right fights are available at forty seven I feel comfortable enough,
0: then I'll just stay at forty seven. All right. If that means that the chapter is closed on on the great run you had at Lightweight, I always thought this one fact to be true, Mikey, that you were the potential kryptonite to Vasily Lomachenko at Lightweight, that if there's any man who embodied the patience, timing and power and craft at Lightweight to be able to slow that magician down... It was you. I got to believe you have that same confidence, man. I thought that would have been the defining fight of his career. If we're never going to see that, what would it have looked like?
2: Look, I I think I uh, I have everything to beat him. Uh, in fact, uh his kryptonite was Orlando Salido. <laughs> Orlando Salido already took care of that, you know, early early in his career, but you know, I I would I would definitely feel comfortable and and, and I feel like I have everything to, to do as well. But um, I just don't know if it'll happen. I mean, it seems like uh, his promotional uh, team and management team have a different road that they're taking, different, you know, different agenda, and they already got opponents lined up, you know, fight after fight, and nowhere in there is, is Mikey Garcia. I mean, they never reached out for a fight like that. I know they'll mention the name once in a while at media or press conferences, but other than that, never made any true attempt. And being that I'm already at north of 135, I'm, you know, 140, 147, it makes it more difficult to, to to get done. I would love an opportunity. I would love a fight. But it would probably have to be most likely like a 140. And I don't think he's going to be moving up to 140
0: anytime soon. I agree with you on that one. Uh, when it comes to this Jesse Vargas fight, how much are you feeling that itch coming off of the only loss of your pro career to, to run it back and show people I'm still that guy. I mean, you haven't had to experience this before. So what has been the last nine months, like as a competitor, you know, dealing with a loss and in the idea of like, man, I got to get back there.
2: Yeah. I just, I just feel like I got to get back, you know, and show my people and all the fans that there's a lot more to Mikey Garcia and that, you know, last, time that I was in the ring was just not my night. It was just one of those nights where mm, things didn't go my way and, and that's boxing. It happens. So, most importantly is, is is what you do after. How you bounce back. How you, you come back uh, and take on different challenges and keep moving forward. That's what I'm focused on. That's my, my, my target. Just coming back. Showing everybody there's a lot more. And like I said, I look forward to a great 2020. This is only the first of, of, of many fights to come and and just, you know, fights that will add to my legacy.
0: Well, it's been great talking to you, Mikey. We're fired up for Saturday, February 29th on zone. Last question here. There's going to be a size difference. Jesse's been at Welterweight for a while. He was flirting with 54 and going up to there. How much is that difference going to play a role in this fight?
2: Well, I mean, that's part of the challenge, you know. That's part of the reason why I take this fight. Because it is a challenge. I need to show everybody that I do have what it takes. Like I said, this fight is going to answer a lot of those questions. Um, but I also didn't want to take just on anybody. That that's a quick, you know, cherry pick type of fight. I need someone that will push me in and and that will allow me to show everybody, you know, that there's a lot more that I can deliver and I will deliver on uh, on the 29th of February.
0: Love it, love it. Your DAZN debut, new relationship with Matchroom, big things to come from Mikey Garcia. Thanks for chatting, buddy. Can't wait to see this fight. Hey. Best of luck.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you very much.
0: Jesse Vargas back with a bang February 29th. Sir, DeZone, Mikey Garcia, we're talking a big-time clash in Texas at Welterweight. How fired up are you? What's up, my man? I'm extremely fired
1: up, man. I'm extremely excited. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be in another big fight that the fans will enjoy. I mean, the fight was just announced today, officially, and the fans are really ecstatic about this this fight, and um, that makes me happy and content. Now I just have to go back into the training camp, make sure that I work extremely hard that way. I give them the victory that they uh, that they want, you yeah, know, and the type of fight they want.
0: Look, this is a really cool fight. Two uh, Mexican American stars. the The setting is great at the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco, Texas, home of the Dallas Cowboys, of course. But when you look at the matchup style wise, but weight wise, is interesting to me because Mikey hasn't really established himself as a legitimate true welterweight after just that one test against Errol Spence. He's coming off a long layoff. And last time I talked to you, you were looking more towards 154. So coming back down to 47, what type of advantages do you think you'll have? That's right, man. I was looking forward to the
1: 154 pound division, to the campaigning there and becoming a world champion, but. You know what, this opportunity came, and I'm right in the position where I'm stuck in between welterweight and super welterweight. You know what I mean? Where I could still make welterweight with with uh, plenty of sacrifice, uh, but I feel comfortable at 54 as well. So, with that being said, uh, when it came to this this uh, this fight, you know, they offered it to me. I said, "Of course, it's a fight that I'm interested in," and they made it happen. Now I just have to make a little bit of, more of a sacrifice, but it's well worth it when it comes to giving the fight fans the fight that they want because I know that it's a fight that they have. They have asked questions about, they will, what if a fight between Mikey Garcia and Jesse And I have seen that out in a on social media, and guess what, now it's here. So the people want it, we give it to them, and I'm pretty positive that they're going to enjoy a great night of boxing come February 29th.
0: Well, you just had a face-off with Mikey after the press conference today, and look, the the height difference is real, the size difference seems real. Uh, you know what type of advantage, when it comes to the idea of of punching power, of being able to be the bigger man in that ring against him, will you will you end up having?
1: Um, I think that that's uh, definitely a huge advantage that I need to use to my advantage when it comes to size, when it comes to the speed, because uh, speed is something that I possess. That's also an advantage on my side, and uh, I have to make sure to use it. You know, with a fighter like Mikey, you know, uh, as technical as he is, talented as he is. I need to make sure that I use every detail in my uh, arsenal to come up victorious.
0: Absolutely. What is the history, if any, that you've had with Mikey? I mean, it's not like you guys are from the same area or anything, but have, have you crossed past through the years? Had you ever even thought, you know, if, if he keeps moving up, hey, maybe one day we'd see each other?
1: Um, No, honestly, the thought never came. But, I mean, sometimes things happen that uh, we don't expect, you know, and uh, this fight here is definitely unexpected. For me, I mean, we've seen each other, maybe because we've seen each other at so many events that, uh, you know, we, we bump into each other, we say hello, we just, you know, see each other as uh, fighters in different divisions. But now he's, he's in a division where where uh, we have in common and um, the people, you know, uh, definitely will enjoy this fight for sure. And that's why we're, we're making it for him.
0: What do you think about Mikey as a welterweight? Just that one piece of of business to look back on when he got blanked by Spence over 12 rounds really didn't have too many moments in that fight. Is this the right weight class for him in your eyes?
1: You know, I don't know. I think only time will tell, but um, I will tell you this, that I mean, he did take punches well at 147 pounds and um, he did give them well as well. I mean, the few punches that he was able to land, I could tell that did make an impact. Uh, So it's, it's something to keep an eye out on. And uh, just to make sure that we don't um, get overconfident in a fight like this, Uh, you know, a talented fighter like him, you know, is uh, dangerous at any time. We just don't want to give him any opportunity to change momentum in a fight.
0: Yeah, no question about that. Now, look, I want to talk about this run that you're on from the standpoint of this. I mean, you've been a world champion. You, you've you've done great things in two different divisions in the past, but there's almost been like this evolution where when I first knew about Jesse Vargas, I thought little more slick boxer winning decisions. Now I'm seeing almost aggressive, fan friendly commit to the body. Jesse Vargas, who's on this run of like can't miss fight <laughs> against Broner, DeLorme, your knockout of Humberto Soto in April was sensational is this been a sort of conscious idea on your part to just sort of step on the gas more?
1: Well, definitely. I mean, I want to keep my fans excitement. And uh, if it means to be kind of in the clinches sometimes and just let my hands go, you know, early on in the fight, then I have to do that in order to give them action. I mean, I'm just that type of fighter. You know what I mean? I'm just that type of fighter that um, I don't want to give them any second of, uh, of boredom. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know it, it sounds <laughs> uncommon in boxing because there's always something going on, but, I want to give them the most excitement possible, and uh, if that means you know get in the mix and you know you, you might have to take a point or two, but in order to give them excitement, then I will do so. That's just been my style, and I think that the characteristic characteristic that um, that the fans have learned to respect coming from me.
0: Yeah, I specifically love that body attack you had against Adrian Brona. There, it was uh, it was it was brutal to say the least. I know it ended up being a, a majority draw in a fight that really could have gone either way, and you both. Fought your ass off, but you you went for it that night, and uh, I was surprised he was able to keep up with You know what's funny, it.
1: man? You know what's funny there is that I remember um, quite vividly uh, going, you know, going into the fight, and um winning the first round, second second round. I feel like I'm, I'm up on scorecards. I'm out boxing, throwing six round passes, and then in the seventh round, I hear people started booing. So all right, well, you know what? Six round they started, seventh round they continue. I said, you know what? Let's get more of a fight. And from the seventh round on, I thought, I already have six rounds in the bag to get a fight. I wanted to you know, get in the mix a little bit, you know what I mean, and uh, change it up. And with doing so, the the fans started going crazy. You look back at that fight. After the seventh round on, they went berserk, you know what I mean, because they were enjoying every minute of it. It was just action-packed because I wanted to give them excitement. You know what I mean? I wanted to fight in the middle distance, give them a little something different. And then um that's how far I go into it when it comes to giving my fans action. Like, I want to make sure that they're always, you know, enjoying a Jesse parties fight and because of that decision you know um came a draw even though i thought I that i completely you know uh won the fight honestly i do feel so um i mean if I, I did have a fight against the lerm i don't really say anything and Manny pacquiao you know i don't i don't uh disagree i don't fight things like that i just call the facts how they are i remember the fight and i went to watch it after after as well and i i thought i won the fight but Eventually, it was a win-win situation because I gave the fans what they wanted to see. I gave them excitement. And they will always remember that fight.
0: Yeah, no question about it, man. You've put together a a sneaky good resume from the standpoint. You know, you package in your knockout of Saddam Ali. Your decision went over a very tough Antonio DeMarco. You've got the experience of having having gone the distance with Manny Pacquiao, having really fought well down the stretch there against Tim Bradley Jr. in that interim title bout. Uh, Do you think sometimes people sleep on you to a certain degree in this era with all these big welterweight names when you've kind of been there all along fighting the best?
1: I don't think so. I think that um, they've always known I'm here. Um, And that's why they're going to tune in come February 29th. I'm positive that it's, it's it's going to sell out so um, you know if you're in the Dallas area please buy your tickets uh and tune in on the zone if you're not able to watch it uh live there in the event center then um, you know catch it on the zone it's going to be a great one a go one for you to for you uh, never to miss
0: yeah no doubt about it who is training you these days
1: it is Ernie Savala and Ernie what Savala will be
0: what is what is that change for you in that relationship uh, uh done for your style um, it,
1: it's changed for the better. Um, you know, it's just uh perfecting certain things, uh, maybe some mistakes that he sees that need to be changed. And, um, uh, you know, I'm all ears when it comes in, because I really respect what he has to say because he has tons of knowledge and, uh, it all makes sense when, uh, he, uh, explains it to me.
0: Now, when you look at this fight, uh, there's, you know, there's whispers out there. Well, maybe this is a, a great setup if Mikey wins to get, Really big fights down the road for DAZN. Maybe one day he can get that dream of getting Pacquiao in there. But what about for you? If you come out victorious against Mikey Garcia, what's really in the you know on the table for the you? Pacquiao in your rematch,
1: future? man. The Pacquiao rematch is what I want. So if I win here, God willing, February twenty ninth, definitely I'll be calling out the Pacquiao fight. That's the plan. And um, first, I got to make sure I, I don't want to look. I shouldn't look ahead, and I won't look ahead because this is a real fight. This is a fight that I need to stay concentrated on. But if I were to say what what I would like in an ideal world, that would be it. But ultimately, I won't uh, look further than Mikey Garcia because uh, he's a real, you know, uh, a, a true fight.
0: Yeah, indeed. Now, you fought Pacquiao in 2016, went the distance. W- when you look back on that, what 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 eats at you the competitor the most when you're like man if I could get that one more chance I can make these adjustments what part of that fight do you look back on and it just fires you up Um
1: that fires me up that that that,
0: uh, that you know almost like you'd love to go back and get a second chance and do it over and and, and change your style or or something different
1: I'd say it would be I'd say it'd be the main Pacquiao fight for sure, 100%. That's the one. That's the one because it was uh, very competitive. It was close. But, um, I mean, with a great like that, you want to have that on your resume. So um, I want to I to defeat him.
0: Are you surprised at, the, at him being able to do it at this age? He just turned 41 a couple of days ago. And that victory over Thurman is as good as any win somebody's had in 2019.
1: Um, Yeah, honestly, it is surprising. It is surprising. I give him tons of credit. He is a phenomenal fighter. Uh, but I mean, we will we'll see what what's up for him next. You know what I mean. But first, I'll, I'll focus on February twenty ninth.
0: Well, let's close on that one. February twenty ninth, DAZN, Ford Center, at the Star in Frisco, Texas. Uh, this fight could go a couple different ways. Two very skilled, experienced guys, champions in multiple divisions. What should the fans expect when you touch gloves in the center of the ring that night with Mikey Garcia? Um. They can expect um, a true war,
1: no, an absolute
0: war. Sold, sold, Jesse Vargas, I'm in, brother. Best <laughs> of luck to you. Great chatting with you. Really looking forward to this fight.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel-